0: My dear Arjuna, how have these impurities come upon you? They're not all befitting a man who knows the value of life. They lead not to higher planets, but to infamy. So I wanted to talk today um, about a certain quality that one has to develop. And we see that Arjuna here, um, the reason he, he is not wanting to fight, the reason he's losing his composure, how these impurities are coming upon him. These are feelings and thoughts that are coming upon him. right? He's he's having these thoughts, he's having these um, ideas that he doesn't want to... He actually, Krishna says, do not yield to this degrading impotence. In fact, Krishna is quite heavy with him. Why is Krishna being that way? Well, we can... so many reasons, but today I wanted to bring out just the simplicity that we can understand in a very basic way. He has weakness of heart. It's a petty weakness. It's when our emotions and thoughts get the, be- the better of us. And he describes how um, deviating from one's prescribed duties due to circumstances, um, acting outside of what our duty is to please Krishna, to make spiritual advancement. Um, this is an act of cowardice. So today I wanted to talk about courage. So often we are doing lots of things in Bhakti, um, which, is, which is important. But I want us to focus and put more of the magnifying glass towards um, Bhakti is about developing qualities of leadership, which I was mentioning before. We have to first w- lead ourselves. So let's simplify, like I like to do in my Thriving Bhakti program, is I like to just simplify everything just in normal language. Like if you want to, um, no, when we do all these um, getting up early, all these kinds of new habits that happen to us in um, Bhakti when we come along, they're there to help us to lead ourselves. We have to learn, how am I gonna get myself up? No one's gonna do it for you. <laughs> no one's forcing you to chant. No one's forcing, so they're all voluntary to do that, okay? But so you have to lead yourself first. If you're wondering why things aren't happening, we're we're expecting someone to come along and do it for us. And we've discussed this in our Shumangas here, in our challenges with our own material minds and emotions, right? That we have to understand that no one's coming for you. There's no magic pill, there's no quick fix. There's no thing often we're, where, where, when will Krishna do this? Where's the magic moment that Krishna is going to take everything away? Well, in one sense, no one's going to come for you because it's already within you. Krishna's giving instructions to Arjuna. You know what you should be doing. Why are you acting cowardly? Meaning you can be courageous here. You have the potential. You are my jiva. You have all the qualities that I have. Why are you degrading yourself to lower qualities? Within the heart of every living being are the, the, the qualities of the soul. So we're often looking for the quick fix, what's going to fix me? And yes, we do need help when we're really in the hole. But as I was speaking with a counselor yesterday, I had a session with my counselor. And she said, and she put up the the, the training she has is a big heart. And it, one of the qualities and the aims of the um, mindset of the counselor is that When a client comes to me, I'm not there to heal them. I show them that they can heal themselves. And they had other quotes in there, like, the whole purpose is that my role is not to give them a solution. My role is to show them that they know what the solution is. They just have to find it themselves. And today, in our world, um, everything is like you're sick, you go to the doctor. You always go to someone, go to the state, go to the, everything's like, especially in a communist state, everything's done for you, you're dependent, you are completely dependent, but in spiritual life, the yogi becomes fully self-reliant and independent with the independence that they have. Yes, they depend on Krishna, but Krishna doesn't train you to be weak. He trains you to become self-reliant, which means implicit is dependent on Krishna, but Krishna knows what it gives you within you the ability to find your solutions right? so courage is really important it's a quality that we all have and you have to find it in you right? we all have our battle of Kurasetra that you're going through as I've mentioned a few times to some of you um, I like this quote you're either this totally sums up our conclusions in the Shastra We hear about the material world. But I love this simplicity. And if we can get this mindset and know and think and be aware of this and be attentive to this, that you're either heading into a storm, you're either in a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm. So you just have to figure out where you are in the storm. That is material life. (laughs) There's no peace, right? You always have to know that when you come out of a storm, ah... Okay, when the next one's coming, it's just a matter of time. We hear this again and again, but the, but back to yogis and yogis are not the only people who think like this. Successful people understand. People heading towards grandiose goals understand. I just get used to the storm and where I am in that part of the storm, but I know how storms work out. They come and go. We hear this outside of bhakti. Yeah, you're in a storm. Yeah, it will pass. It shall pass. That's the mantra. It shall pass. <laughs> right? It, what was, oh, I can't remember now. On my, on my wallet, it shall pass, isn't it? It shall, be done. it shall be done. That's another one. Yeah, it shall be done. Courage. Whether the storm is coming, whether I'm in the middle of the storm, or whether the storm is abating, um, it shall be done. Why? That's to help us build courage and resilience. You have to weather the storms of this world, right? We actually have to, but you know, through higher realization other than just materialistic realization which can get you to that mentality. David Grogan, is it Grogan? Grogan. Groggins. You know, he is a man who just, it shall be done. <laughs> he says, you can't hurt me, right? Of course, he's crushed by time. He can't escape that, but he's managed to conquer his mind. There's nothing that can shake him. Of course, Krishna can shake him. Material nature yeah. will shake him, but he's done. He's done the austerity to realize why do I take my mind and body so suit? In fact, I use those situations. Okay, my mind's going. I don't want to do another. What's it called when you do the Navy Seal training? Buds, Buds right? You can, I'll do another one. He just runs into the storm. We had a conference called Running into the Storm. So there's a story. There are storms that come across the plains of America. And in the old days, there was many buffalo and cows, right? So the storm is coming. And certain cows, the cows, when they see the storm coming, they run. They try to avoid the storm and they run and they run and they run. But the storm comes and eventually they get out of breath. They run out of steam. They try to find some hiding, but the storm goes over the top. And when the storm goes over the top of them, they suffer and many die because they're worn out. They've tried to avoid this huge storm coming. But the bull, is it the bull or the buffalo? Buffalo. The buffalo, they, when they see the storm coming and brewing, they run towards it. Because they know they're going to get hit by it anyway. And they know if they run into it, right? And they run through it, it's quicker and it will pass. and they're using the energy and the and the, their the power to, to use it to go he- take it head- on and they learn to weather the storm. So we either have to be the cow or the buffalo. right So we have to be the buffalo, we run into the storms, meaning we continue with our prescribed duties, we continue our devotional service and we weather the storms. So we need courage. So he's saying weakness of heart. So we may be doing this and that, but are we actually developing courage? And what is that courage? Is it to just do the practical things? Courage to go out on books? Really, that ability to go out on books is when you're dealing with yourself. The courage to face the things that you need to face within you. The relationship challenges you're having. Are you just... Getting on with service and hiding out. So let's hear from John C. Maxwell, which is which simplifies things, which I which I like. So this is a quality. So we're developing qualities in Bhakti. It's not about the service so much, it's the qualities. We want to become the type of person Krishna wants in his entourage. So I'll give you an example. Here we are. I remember in my early days in Bhakti. If I do so many books, if I do this and please, and the other services do please. Getting things done, going out on books, don't get me wrong. But in order to be selected into Krishna's entourage, into his home, he's looking for um, the type of person you are. <laughs> right? He's selecting the right type of person. Not just what someone does. We have many people who have done so much service, yet they fall away, or <clears throat> yeah, they have fallen away. Even big leaders. Yes, we want to do things in bhakti. That's part of it, but it's who am I becoming? Can I become that person that Krishna goes, "I like you. Come into my house." Right? Politicians do a lot, but their characters, <laughs> right? So <clears throat> it's the the quality. So in our arena outside of Bhakti, we select people based on, are they the right fit to join the team? Will they, yes, they may be eager and keen to build an asset, and they say they want to grow and develop themselves, but during the process of um, vetting them, we have to see that they show these qualities, commitment, hungry, appreciative, humble. Yeah, right? And then at the end of the process, we see, are they a fit to come in? Why? Because if I bring them into the environment and they're not a fit, it, affect, it infects the environment. You've got this odd person amongst a team of people who are on the ball, on the game. They're fully nourishing and duplicating the environment. It's about duplication. Krishna knows if I bring the wrong people in, they'll duplicate. They'll infect others, right? And it will become a virus. Right, Krishna is just, wants 100% pure love. He wants no disturbance in that. Right, In fact, he was a bit annoyed with Brahma when he was holding his food and Brahma was paying his obeisances after the his Vamohana Leela, where he stole the cowherd boys, right? Krishna wasn't even really listening to him. He didn't want any, he didn't want all this awe and reverence in his, he's just enjoying. <laughs> so, just simplifying it, so Christians looking for our character. So let's have a little look about courage. So today's about courage. Um, what do these three men have in common? The auto racer who set the world speed record in 1914, the pilot who recorded the highest number of victories in aerial combat against the Germans in World War I, and the secretary of war's special advisor who survived the plane crash and 22 days on a raft in the Pacific during World War II. They all lived through dangerous circumstances. They all displayed courage, steely nerves under duress. And they all happened to be the same person. Eddie Rickenbacker. So those three people, what did they have in common? They were all the same person. So... uh Number of victories in, in fighting the Germans in the war, World War I. Uh, 22 days on a raft in World War Two after a plane crash. Um, what was the other one? Uh, the auto racer who set the world speed record in Daytona in 1914. Meeting a challenge was never a big problem for Eddie Rickenbacker, whether it was physical, mental or economic. When he was 12, his father died and he quit school to become the family's primary breadwinner. He sold newspapers, eggs and goat's milk. He worked in a glass factory, shoe factory, a foundry. Then as a teenager, he started working as a race car mechanic, and at 22, he began racing. Two years later, he set the world record speed. When the United States entered World War I, Rickenbacker tried to enlist as an aviator, but he was overage and undereducated. So instead, he entered as a chauffeur, and then he talked his, his superiors into sending him to flight training. So, despite not fitting in with his colleague-educated fellow aviators, he excelled as a pilot. And by the time the war was over, he had logged three hundred combat hours, and the most any of any American pilot he survived. One hundred thirty-four aerial encounters with the enemy, <laughs> claimed twenty-six kills, and earned the Medal of Honor, eight Distinguished Service Crosses, and the French Legion of Honor. He was also promoted to captain and put in command of his squadron. Rickenbauer's prowess in the air caused the press to dub him American Aces of Aces. When asked about his courage in combat, he admitted that he had been afraid. Courage, he said, is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you are scared. That courage served as the Aces of Aces well after World War I. In 1933, he became vice president of the Eastern Air Transport. Back then, all airlines existed only because they were subsidized by the government, but Rickenbacker thought that they should be self-sufficient. He decided to completely change the way the company did business. Within two years, he made the Eastern profitable, a first in aviation history. When he died ten years later, his son William wrote, If he had a motto... It must have been the phrase I've heard a thousand times. I'll fight like a wildcat. When you look at the life of someone like Eddie Rickenbacker, you cannot help seeing great courage. It's easy to see in war heroes, but it's also present present in everyday great leaders in business, government and the church. Spiritual life. Whenever you see significant progress in an organization, you know that the leader made courageous decisions. A leadership position doesn't give a person courage, but courage can give him a leadership position. That was true for Captain Eddie Rickenbacker. As you approach the tough decisions that challenge you, recognize these truths about courage. So these are some things to take away. One, courage begins with an inward battle. So courage doesn't mean fear goes away. Is his idea, when I have courage, I'll be fearless. (laughs) But no, there's always fear. It's just you run into the storm. Every test you face as a leader begins with you. The test of courage is no different. A psychotherapist, Sheldon Kopp, notes, All the significant battles are waged within the self. Courage isn't an absence of fear. It is doing what you're afraid of to do. It's having the power to let go of the familiar and forge ahead into new territory. That was true for Rickenbacker, and it can be true for you. So, facing our fears is really important. Facing our challenges. Often we, uh, as the second one says, courage is making things right, not just smoothing them over. So if you're still, if you're doing services, but you're still dealing with others in the same way, still reacting to things in the same way, then you need courage. The purpose, that takes courage to get mentorship, fear of getting feedback, fear of being told what we need to be told. You have to face with courage. We have to become brave. Spiritual warriors is back to Swami, but we become so weak in society and we can hide and find comfort in devotional service we can use devotional service to be very comfortable. I'm just going to do those things I know. Don't bother me. I know what I'm doing in my service. I know these Prabhus. I know how I am, but I know what's best for me in devotional service. This is smoothing over <laughs> instead of making things right. Dealing with things. One thing I admire about Julian is when he gets hurt or frustrated or feels things aren't right, he has the courage to Talk about it and raise it with whoever they need to do. Um, when they feel something's wrong, they don't just discard it. It's to have the courage to face these things. And Krishna helps. We don't want to have weakness of heart. So when we do that, Krishna helps us. Courage deals with. What was he saying here? The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at a time of challenge and controversy. The courage to um, not respond to things in the, on the, with the lower self, with anger, with certain ways, to have the courage to um, act in, as a leader in situations, not be phased by things going on. How do we respond? We can use courage so we can act in a Krishna conscious way. Then we have to control our responses. Courage in a leader inspires commitment from the followers. Yeah. And your life expands in proportion to your courage. Fear limits the leader. The desire for safety stands against every great and noble enterprise. And we can see how Prabhupada, abhai Churan, his name was. abhai means fearless. It's the first quality of the soul. We know what Krishna wants. We know how we should respond for Krishna. We know how we should be as a devotee. Do we have the courage to do it? Especially when we feel resistance. It's scary, it's unknown. We could get hurt. We have to look at our personality types. We have to look at the way we are. I was hearing yesterday how in, to, to be a leader, you have to be very forthright. You have to have goals, but certain personality types are very um, complacent, pragmatics like in particular, right? So you have to deal with that. You have the courage to take on your personality, to please Krishna. What is best for Krishna's service? So courage is really important. You've got to face the music. <laughs> go out and do something stretching simply for the sake of growing in courage. So you have to always think, how can I expand what I'm doing? How can I do more than I'm doing? How can I do things that I, that's going to bring up fear and face it? Run into storms. This is what we do in our business. This is what sports people do. You do what your, your fear is telling you not to do. I don't want to go on books. or I don't want to go on the streets. Go and do it. Just go and do it. Face it, run into it. I don't want to get married, get married, run into it. (laughs) I don't want to deal with myself, go and see a counsellor, go and see a psychologist. What if stuff comes up, run into it. You've got to run into these things. Because if you don't, you stay where you are. And you sit in quiet desperation and suffering. So you've got to be like the buffalo. Go and speak in front of an audience. We say to ourselves, oh I don't like doing that, I can't do that, go and do it. How do you know? It's like Balai with mashed potato yesterday. I don't want mashed potato, I don't like it. I said, it's just your mind telling you that. Taste it and see if if your mind's right or you're right. And then he had seconds later, three times he had mashed potato. It's not exactly a fearful thing, but him it was quite a traumatic thing, the idea of having mashed potato. Most people are avoiding confrontation with someone in their lives. <laughs> avoiding difficult conversations. Avoiding with the self. Confronting habits and things you're doing that you know you shouldn't be doing. And you're just continuing to do things you know you shouldn't be doing. Think you're not doing things you should be doing. Right? You need courage. No, I'm going to do that. And one thing i end with is that which I said this morning on a morning video, is that you can't base your life on your feelings. And, if, and the more you act contrary to how you feel, the more you lead yourself, the more you become a leader. We have to stop doing things based on how we feel. It seems unnatural for us when we hear these things, but it's not just a spiritual principle. It's a success principle. Stop doing things based on... And confront those feelings... Take courage, I don't feel like it, but hey, I'm doing it anyway. Why am I listening to this? It's just a feeling. I know what I want to do, I know what I need to do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run and do it. You do this in dare method, right? You don't take the feelings and sensations seriously, despite their presence. That, build, that means you start becoming a brahmachari. <laughs> and especially if you want to be a man in a relationship and hold up your stature in a relationship you've got to do this you've got to have the courage to do these things yes we've got crap and feelings and stuff happened from the past what are you doing about it? you just ah oh, it's just how I am you've got to face these things last so bring it home face the music talk to that person Talk to this person, yourself. <laughs> Talk to someone, get help. Take a giant step, third three. Maybe you've been afraid to make a career move or you've known in your heart that you should have changed jobs. Take the time to really look at it. Talk to your spouse, your mentor, trust a trusted friend. If it's the right thing to do, then do it. So take some giant steps. Make some leaps and bounds. Make it a goal. And as we know, you have to set goals if you don't have a goal, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) If you're making an intentional plan how to move yourself forward in devotional service with who you are as a person in your relationships, in your character, you're doing everything to build character. That's my final point. Once you become that person, that type of person that Krishna likes, a true leader, a true bhakti yogi, which is the ultimate leader, um, then you can go to Krishna. Krishna only wants those types of people. So we, we want to develop these qualities. And here we're hearing about Juna where Krishna's actually really heavy with them. This is not the character of a person who knows the meaning of life, who could lead himself and direct himself towards the ultimate goal of life. Snap out of it. Have courage. You've lost your courage. You become weak. Because he's so, we have to develop courage. It is is important. You need courage in spiritual life. You need courage in life. And every opportunity of confrontation and things that happen are an opportunity to do it to develop courage, which doesn't mean there's an absence of fear, of course. In bhakti, ultimately, fear does become purified, and fear becomes a transcendental ecstasy. But in our stage, we have to do we have to understand where we're at. So I hope that helps. Let's develop some courage. Men definitely need courage, and men are looking for courageous men. So you've got to do something in your life that's totally contrary to how you feel and think you are. Are you stretching yourself? Are you putting yourself in situations to develop courage? Are you playing it safe? Because Krishna will create situations for you to provoke you. He'll create a little battle for you so you can become courageous to do the right thing. Hare Krishna. Shri Prabhupada, Ki.